Welcome to Photoactive, a podcast about photography and technology. I'm Kirk McElhern. And I'm Jeff Carlson. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay, but I'm feeling, um, what's the word? Like my brain's not quite right. I'm feeling a little distorted today. Oh. Like my brain is distorted. Brain distortion. That's not good. Have you been smoking those funny <laughs> cigarettes again, Jeff? <laughs> Well, they are legal here, but no, I've I've never Good actually point. tried That's one. Right. You're allowed to. You've never actually tried one. I've never actually tried one. I'm such a square. I know. Okay, this is a discussion for another day. But you see, you you led into the magic word distortion. That's what we want to talk about: is distortion in photos, yes. not distortion in audio, where you hear funny sounds and staticky stuff, but distortion, which is generally. Things aren't shaped right. The obvious example of that is a fisheye lens that I think everyone knows where it looks like, well, you're smoking the funny cigarette and everything <laughs> is just weird, right? It's all it's, – it's, it's kind of like if you're seeing a reflection on a, a ball or something, on a silver ball, but yeah. not that much. Yeah, yeah, which, which uh, I – I have a lot of respect for people who like shooting with, with fisheye lenses. I, for, like the aesthetic has never really appealed to me. But when you see it done well, it's 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 really nice. But I think what we run into more often is just sort of everyday distortion. If you're using a wide lens, especially, and uh, or like you're using the the ultra wide lens on a, an iPhone, for example, that can introduce a lot of distortion. And then you say to yourself, "Well, I want this wide field of view. That's why I got this this wide lens." But then, like, it looks a little bit off. And so, what do you do about it? Well, it's a trade-off, isn't it? If you want a wide field of view, you are going to have that distortion. It's just the physics of optics. Yeah, exactly. You have, you have all, all these round elements and the light passing through them. And I don't know exactly – I don't know enough about how lenses are constructed to, to you know, f- figure out like exactly why you, you've got barrel distortion or fringing at the edges and all that kind of stuff. But the good news is it's something you can totally anticipate and fix either in software, sometimes in the camera. And that's kind of what we're going to cover today. What gave me the idea for this episode was I've been shooting some small churches uh, in my area, and I'm using my Leica Q2 monochrome, which is a 28 millimeter full frame, 28 millimeter lens, which is fairly wide. And I got this one picture of a church where I was relatively close and it just felt distorted. And I wanted to look at the possibilities of eliminating that feeling of distortion, that feeling you get when the front of a building looks like it's bulging towards you. Not a lot. It's just subtle. Right. So we're going to have a lot of both photos and screen capture videos in the show notes of this episode. We'll be referring to them. We'll be talking through um, some of the different things that we've done. I've done some work on photos. Jeff's done some work on photos. Um, I've got two photos that I took. We're, We're going to talk about distortion, that wide angle distortion. But we're also going to talk about the kind of distortion you get when the lines aren't straight. Picture that you're standing in front of a building and you're shooting it upwards. And well, the the points are converging towards a vanishing point somewhere in the sky. They can't be parallel unless you have a tilt-shift lens. And I took a particular photo um, one day that we had a frost in front of my house, the wrought iron fence with some spider webs with the frost. And it wasn't straight. I wasn't paying attention to getting it straight. So I tried to see how I could fix it. But let's start with the church, because I think that's a more subtle, interesting way to look at it. The, the first thing we're going to do is I opened the raw photo 
in Affinity Photo, which has a really easy way to turn on and off lens correction. So the first photo in the show notes is going to be the photo of the church with lens correction. Ignore the exposure because this is an unprocessed RAW at this point. And you'll see that, well, it looks like a wide angle shot, which is what I want to correct. But you'll notice that the corners are clean. Now, if you look at the second photo without lens correction, you can see the vignetting that happens in the corners. When the lens correction is applied, what happens is the, the, the photo itself is distorted to compensate for the distortion, and that removes that vignetting in the corner. Yeah, basically what the software is doing is it, it's kind of stretching things out and cropping in just a little bit to, to deal with that. And some software will actually give you options for you know, just removing that lens vignette. Maybe it'll lighten those corners. There are lots of different options. Also, before we go too far, I just want to mention for our listeners that uh, all of these images are going to be in the podcast episode itself. So if you're using something like Overcast or uh, Apple Podcasts app, you can view these as we're speaking in the app. So just to, That's so awesome. just to throw that in. And, and if, if you're not doing this or if you're driving, of course, you don't want to be yes, looking at it. Please don't do that. Yes. <laughs> please don't do that. Um, you know, go to photoactive.co and that's, that's where you will see uh, these images and videos. One thing to point out is that this lens correction is not something that the software comes up with by just examining the photo. This is a profile that's built into the metadata of the lens and that the software knows how to interpret. So if I were to take the same photo in JPEG in my Leica Q2 monochrome, it would have the same lens correction applied to it automatically. Yeah. So it's interesting the way some apps treat this. So there are lens profiles that are written to the image file itself. So that happens with your Leica, with uh, I think all Fuji cameras, where the camera knows which lens you're using and it already knows how to adjust for that distortion. And for a lot of other cameras, I know Canon and Nikon, you have to do that separately. So when you're in your, your editing software, say Lightroom in my case, there is an optics panel and there's a button that says correct image distortion or correct lens distortion. And usually clicking that, it will know what lens you're using. And the, the software has a bunch of profiles built in. They do all sorts of testing with these lenses to make sure that, that the algorithms are right in order to correct for the distortion. And then usually, I want to say maybe, you know, 80% of the time, just clicking that will get rid of the obvious distortion. And then you can do creative things after that. Well, a very wide angle lens is still going to have some distortion. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so in my case, I wanted to eliminate more of the distortion. The, the next asset you're going to look at is a screen capture of Capture One. Capture One has a very simple distortion tool. If you open a photo, and so this is a, a short 20-second video, and you go to the Lens Correction tab, there's a distortion slider. And if you look at it, I'm sliding it to the left, which is distorting more, and I'm sliding it to the right to the maximum level, which is 120, to distort it a little bit less than it was before. Now, it's not a big change, but that's enough for me to get rid of what I felt was just a, sw a slight bit of roundness around the church building. We can take the same thing, and I took your picture um, and did the same thing in Lightroom, just looking at, at its controls. And uh, again, there's a distortion slider that I've moved over to the right. 
And you can see that when it does this, it's actually adjusting the edges quite a bit and it, it, it bows them in. And then there's an option to constrain the crop so that it will, it will crop out all of the, the areas that uh, fall outside the frame. And what I like about this is I was able to get the distortion to a more acceptable level. Like there's still a little bit of a distortion, but if I wanted to go really crazy with it, I risked maybe chopping off the very top of the, the spire at the top of the, the tower there. And of course, I didn't want to do that. And, you know, we don't always want everything to look exactly perfect. The, the, the character of this is this is an old church. And so, you know, it, you are looking up at it. We're not trying to make a, a you know, architectural rendering of it, right? Right. All we're trying to do is make something slightly better. And and if you were doing architectural photography, you would have a tilt-shift lens because you would want the straight lines to be straight. The other thing that you've done in your um, screen capture is you've played around with the vertical as well. Now, this this is part of the keystone effect that we're going to see a little bit later when we look at my other photo, that you can adjust verticals and horizontals. And you get a lot more options in Lightroom than Capture One for this sort of thing. On your um, geometry pane, in Capture One, they're all separated into different areas. Um, the keystone is a separate control. But in any type of software, I would say, other than Apple Photos, remember when I used to use Apple Photos all the time for all my photos? <laughs> With any other software, a proper editing software, you're going to have many options like this. Now, you know about Luminar, it might have similar options. Um, I've got Pixelmator Pro, which doesn't have as many options. Um, Affinity Photo, I really haven't looked into closely. So check in your software to see if these options are available. Yeah, yeah. And and just to go back quickly, the reason that I adjusted the vertical on this, and, and in Lightroom, what vertical means is it's it's basically rotating the image around an imaginary horizontal line. So, you know, think of it in 3D, you're sort of moving. In my case, I moved the top of the image closer to me if if we were to have this in a physical space. And that also just gave a little bit more sense of lifting the camera per se. If I had done it the other way, vertical, it would exaggerate the sense of looking up and exaggerate that perspective. It's amazing that we can do that. Yeah. And you know this isn't this isn't really uh, hard computational stuff. It's it's just bending the pixels around in a way that gives you, like you said, little tiny adjustments where you might you know just do a very tiny amount of of change, and that's exactly what you're looking for. So here's a tip: if you do want to take a photo of something like this church, stand further away than where I was when I took it, so you have more room to make those adjustments and not cut off the top of the church or the bottom of the church. Yeah, and also, I mean, keep in mind that with any sort of distortion, it's going to be more pronounced around the edges, and so right. if if you definitely are looking at this and say, I really want that church to not be distorted, you know, stand further back, put that in the middle of the frame and expect to to crop in, uh, you know, given if, that you have plenty of megapixels to work with. Sometimes you don't think about all those things, but yep. then again, once you do this more, you do start thinking about all those things and you can see in your preview, oh, this does look kind of distorted. Is this something that I can fix by moving away a little bit? Or is this something that I know I can just move the distortion slider in my software and 
make it exactly how I want. It's a good point because now that I've got 47 megapixels, I can crop a lot mm-hmm. and it's more it's more accessible to leave that extra space. I was thinking before the show when we were discussing, I was saying with all these megapixels, you also don't get as many artifacts when you're performing this sort of change. You've got enough megapixels that it smooths out. If you were doing this on a eight megapixel photo, it would look pretty grotty around the edges. Yeah. I also want to point out with with lenses, you know, I think the lenses that that you, well, certainly the lens that you have is a very nice lens. My widest lens that I own is a 12 millimeter, which actually does quite a bit of distortion because it's it's a really, really wide lens. That's an 18 millimeter equivalent in full frame. Exactly. Thank you. It's also a, a pretty good lens. We'll show an example here pretty soon of, of a couple shots of that. But there are also a lot of lenses out there that are inexpensive that will have more pronounced distortion. You have to take that into account because maybe you don't mind having a lot of distortion or you know that you can correct the distortion and save yourself, you know, $300 on a lens that isn't, you know, the the best optics in the world, but it gives you that field of view that you're looking for at a price that you can afford. And so this is also not just, oh, I want to fix something because my lens does this. It could be that, you know, you couldn't afford a really, really good lens, but you could afford a perfectly good lens. And you know that the lens corrections that are available in the software or the manual settings can compensate for that. Okay. Now you've got a really good photo, uh, which you're calling here Lightroom Building Geometry. So this is another uh, example of the geometry tab in Lightroom. Walk us through this. What geometry is really looking for is straightening things. So like you said, when we're looking up at a building, you have that perspective. And sometimes you don't want that perspective. You want something straight ahead. Well, you could uh, fly a drone and put it up. You could rent a crane. <laughs> like There are all sorts of, of, of other things you can do. What this will let you do is basically say, I have something that has uh, definite horizontal and vertical lines. And I want to be able to tell the software, this is a horizontal line, this is a vertical line. And in the geometry pane, it's this feature called upright. And one option is to do guided, where you drag and just set lines where your vertical, um, where the vertical lines of the building are and the horizontal lines of the building are. And then it will do the distortion to correct for that so that you look like you're more straight on. Of course, as with everything, it depends on the photo. Uh, the The end result of this one does seem like it's a little bit skewed because I was starting with something that had a pretty strong perspective. But again, this gives you that evenness that you might be looking for in a, a building or even like, say, the, the fence picture that you mentioned earlier. This is often called called a keystone correction because you think of the shape of a keystone that's sort of parallelogram with the top and the bottom. The top is shorter than the bottom. Uh, Capture One has a similar thing where it, when you activate, you get either horizontal, vertical, or all four, or keystone, and you get four lines and four little dots. And I've just made a screenshot to show what this looks like. If I apply this to the church, uh, if I try to straighten the church out as much as possible, you'll notice how, how strange the shape of the underlying photo is. When you look at this, you'll see the crop in the middle, you'll see the four lines, and then you'll see the photo pointing off to the top right. And this is because the amount of distortion to the photo in order to make the front of the church straight 
is excessive. Mm -hmm. You'll also see that um, the crop lines are showing where it would be cropped based on the crop before I applied the keystone effect. Now I could move the crop down, but I have cut the top off the spire. But what I could do is I could increase the crop size to, let's say, the gap on the left between the trees, uh, from the second and third tree, uh, there's just a white space on the left. On the right, uh, crop to the right of the tall trees there, and then clone in some sky on the top. It would be totally possible. You'd have to clone in some grass on the bottom, but you could get a really good photo with the church much straighter than what it was in my original photo. Or if I could move back, and in this particular case, I couldn't. I was pretty much as far back as possible. There was a sort of a wall around the church area, and I couldn't move back any further. But this is an extreme example of what this sort of feature can do, of, of the kind of correction it could do. And looking at this, it's actually quite attractive that you're seeing the church almost straight. Now, to be honest, if it's perfectly straight, it's going to look fake Yeah, in some ways. But if it's just slightly skewed, I think it's it's an interesting change of perspective here. Yeah, definitely. So you've got a great one with a pier on a beach, which I think is a perfect example of when you would want to use this to avoid a distracting distortion. I mentioned that this 12 millimeter lens that I have is actually a, a pretty good lens. And this is a good example of it because although it has distortion, it's it doesn't have that that sort of barrel distortion, that bulging distortion that some lenses have. And when you start this this video, at, the image as it started has this pier in Hawaii, and as the pier uh, moves more toward the edge of the frame, you see more angle to to the pylons. So they're not bulging; they're just skewed. And so by using the, the geometry tools in Lightroom, uh, actually all I did was just set this, this vertical upright setting where it looks for vertical lines. It's done the distortion so that, that that far right pier now looks straight up and down. It doesn't look like the whole thing is sort of sliding into view. Right. And you can see that your first attempt was to use the auto uh, feature, which wasn't quite straight enough. And then when you went to the vertical, that really straightened it. And of course, like my last photo of the church, you'll see that there are areas that are cut off where there's white spaces. So it's no longer a rectangle and you click constrain crop and boom, your photo is perfect. Yeah, I was really happy with the way this turned out. Okay, so now we come to a photo that's a bit more complicated, and we're going to put the original of this in the show notes. As I said earlier, we had frost, and I went out walking around, and I took a bunch of photos, and here's one in front of my house of a spider's web. It was cold. It was really cold, and I wasn't <laughs> paying too much attention. I have a couple others that are straighter, but this one wasn't straight, but I like the um, the composition of the spider's web with the dark part of the house behind it. So there's a window on the left and the door on the right. And I wanted to try and straighten this out. And I figured, well, there are ways to do this. So in Capture One, what I did is I used the keystone effect that I just mentioned. And I did this manually. Capture One has a, a, a pane in its toolbar with sliders. And if you look in the video, you'll see what I did. I kind of just played around. I did some horizontal to make the top bit of the fence straight. Then I did some vertical to straighten the verticals. Then I tweaked it a little bit more using the straighten tool. So you click and you drag a line to straighten it. And then what I did is I used the, I did a little more vertical straightening. Then I used the aspect tool, which is interesting in Capture One. What that does is that widens the picture. So I've done 
I've straightened twice. I've done some vertical and horizontal. It's not entirely perfect, but it's pretty close to being what I would want, to being something that doesn't look skewed. Actually, bringing up that aspect reminds me that there are sometimes when you're making a panorama and you end up with you know a very wide, wide shot, sometimes the distortion can be a little stretch like it, it it gets a little stretched up and down and like just adjusting the aspect a little tiny amount gives that a little more little more room to breathe i don't know if that makes as much sense but it's it's will just make it look a little bit more natural after the the panorama building effect so the next video is is pixelmator pro where i played around they have a different perspective tool you get horizontal vertical and straighten with sliders and i think there are other ways to access it it wasn't quite as efficient but for a lot of what you may need to correct it could be enough it's funny a lot of these controls are very specific and yet whenever i go into these it ends up being kind of like a touchy-feely, see how you like it, because you know the problem with with a, a mathematical approach to this, you could say, okay, well now all of my horizontal lines are exactly horizontal, and all my vertical lines are exactly vertical, and sometimes that could just come across as being either deliberately manipulated or sort of sterile. So while we're talking about how to make these work. I often find that, you know, you want to go in and move the sliders around. You want to see if, in this case, you have your horizontal has been fixed and your vertical has been fixed, and there's just maybe a slight bit of of regular distortion going on that maybe you want to tweak slightly. So I think part of my surprise is when I'm looking at this, I expect this to be a nice, easy technical fix, and yet I'm still approaching it with little bits of experimentation and seeing what what looks good and how the photo feels to me, which seems incongruous. Yeah. Uh, I took some photos in a village nearby uh, a couple weeks ago, and photos are not always straight. And by straight, I'm talking about the horizontal straightness of you to the earth. And so Capture One has some really good tools for straightening. You can draw a line like you can see in one of the videos. I think there's even an auto-straightening tool. And I find that really important. But in some of the old buildings around here, you may have the brickwork that's one line and the window frame that's another line and that they're not parallel and you have to choose what to straighten. So the software can't necessarily automatically do it for you. It's what you think looks best. And there's one in particular where there were like six different horizontal lines in a picture and none of them were parallel at all. So you've got to just pick the one that you want to focus on. I guess with some really advanced tools, you could change the perspective so they're all parallel, but then that would look artificial because these were buildings that are hundreds of years old and that just aren't straight. Oh, yeah. You want that character. You want that that settling of, of the brick and the mortar and all of that. Well, nevertheless, I get a bit irked if things if there's not something straight to to latch on to. Mm. That, that I have a bit of OCD about that, that something, there has to be a straight thing that is the reference point for me. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Or I would say, or something that is just completely not straight deliberately so for, exactly. for artistic reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one thing I also want to mention before we head out is that, you know, we've been focusing on, on buildings and, and gates and things like that. Uh, distortion really comes into play with people too. If you're shooting a person uh, with a really wide angle lens, 
they could end up being really distorted. Or you have somebody who's closer to the camera, maybe they sort of look like they're standing at an angle. And so sometimes using the, the distortion correction tools will help fix that. And even to the point where even to the point where there's some applications that have tools, like for example, uh Luminar has a tool that will basically thin somebody. And I've always been kind of cringy about those kind of, of tools because it it verges into that territory of, oh, well, we're sort of airbrushing models or here's somebody who looks unnaturally thin or whatever. But those tools can be really good when you have lens distortion where someone looks, you know, wider or fuller than they normally do in real life because of the lens that was chosen. And that that tool can help remove that distortion without sort of using quote unquote distortion tools where you're you're trying to affect the whole the whole frame. So that's something to keep in mind and look out for. It's true that a wide angle lens close to a person makes them have a very big nose. Yeah. And this is why uh I there are some countries in the world where a lot of young women are getting nose jobs because of the way they look in selfies. Oh geez. Because, you know, when the camera's at arm's length with the kind of wide-angle lens that you get on a smartphone, it definitely changes the, the shape of your morphology. I can guarantee that I do not care, and I yeah. will not be doing that. <laughs> I, I will admit that I have never taken a selfie in my life. Yeah, I, I, I remember this. Although, yep. didn't, we, didn't we trick you into taking one in an episode? Maybe not. No. I, I once had a friend who visited who took a selfie of the two of us, but I did not take it. That's right. That's what I was thinking of. All right. You still have a clean record. Yes. We'll try to break that record at some point. <laughs> we'll do okay. an episode just about selfies. <laughs> we should do an episode about selfies because I think the selfie is interesting in terms of in terms of the semiotics of selfies, of the photographs of what they mean, of of anchoring a person in a reality with a location, with people in order to be a witness to their experience. We'll have to discuss this at some point. That's a great idea. All right. We'll put that on the calendar. Okay. Time for our snapshots. What have you got, Jeff? I got this very cool thing for Christmas, and it is called a hero clip. When you look at it directly, it just looks like a little carabiner, and you can you know clip things on, et cetera, et cetera. But it also has this little rotating top that is a hook, and that in a very clever design, it bends out. And so this gives you a carabiner that has a built-in hook. And that's great for, let's say, you want to hang your camera bag from the bottom of your tripod to give it more stability. Or you have, you know, a, a, a camera or pretty much anything that you want to just hang on a post or a tree or something close by. And it's all built into one. So what's nice, at least for me, is uh, this is a local company, a woman who invented this, um, actually just, I think, sold the company. So good for her. But they're not very expensive. This this little Hero Clip small that I have is about $20. I think you can probably get it a little bit cheaper on Amazon. And then they go up. There are a few different sizes, depending on how big the thing that you are trying to to hang on to. Uh, it, it's just super clever and useful. I imagine I'll use this a lot when I'm out in the... That's the kind of thing that you can use to hang your trash when you're camping to keep it away from bears. 
This is true, although although actually, uh, if you're going to be in bear country, you got to have big, big bear containers and things like that. So, Kirk, what do you have this week? I follow a couple of photographers on Twitter, and I learned um, a few weeks ago about a magazine called Hot Shoe, issue number 206. So it's been around for quite some time. They had a special issue about Chris Killip, who they describe as one of Britain's greatest documentary photographers who died last October at the age of 74. Through a career spanning more than 30 years, he made some of the most striking images of life in the British Isles as a response to social situations resulting from deindustrialization, and in the process created what Martin Parr referred to as a different way of looking. Now, this is a small magazine. It's not glossy paper. It's a it's a book size magazine, as it were, a trade paperback, and it's lots of black and white documentary pictures, as described, of people in the UK at various times. It was fifteen pounds for the issue, which is not excessive. I guess it's going to come to twenty dollars. But it's really nice to have a collection of photos like this of someone who was a great photographer. In some ways, I really like photo books because they can they're when they're well printed, they're things that are that can last. But there's something also about the sort of more temporary nature of something that's a magazine here, although it's actually a book type magazine. And even though the print quality isn't great, it really works well with this sort of grainy black and white documentary photography about real people. It doesn't need to be glossy. So link in the show notes to Hot Shoe Magazine. The latest issue is Chris Killip. I subscribed for two issues. It's two issues a year. And I have a feeling I'll keep subscribing because looking at their past issues, it looks like every issue has been interesting. I love the fact that even though we focus on, oh, the high gloss, super big printed quality, 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 uh, photography is much more than that. So yeah, absolutely. Even, you know, little indie magazines and things like that, uh, you know, you can find really great. Okay. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Photoactive. You can find show notes, including any photos we discuss in this episode at photoactive.co. That's photoactive.co. We couldn't afford the M. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash photoactivecast. That's Photoactive Cast in one word. You can subscribe to Photoactive in your favorite podcast app or on Apple Podcasts. See the links on our website. And think about leaving us a rating or review in iTunes or in your podcast app.